so bad. What, what Anyways, one of my friends. What? what, uh, what same, co- uh, same coffee I've had. I'm still rocking the dark matter high on fire. I'm just slowly working through it. I actually probably should start drinking it now because I've had it for open for a while. But it's, uh, it's just nice. a really good cup of coffee. I I kind of feel like I should buy some more and maybe throw some in the freezer. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I figure that out. is that kind of a one-off? Is that how they do it? And then I think so. I mean, I guess yeah. if enough people buy it, it'll be a regular item, but. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Nice. You got your standard. I'm I'm jealous. Well, so uh, so we were running out of coffee over the weekend, and uh, I went out and um, I went out and, and visited my mother for the first time in, in a while because we'd kind of been on and off of quarantine from various potential exposures through through the wife. And um, anyway, so I went over there and I thought I was going to get to run to uh, Napa and get some oil filters and then pop up and, and get some coffee because we we're low on coffee. Well, uh, the kid didn't. Want me to leave basically which is rare uh so i ended up not going so my wife picked up coffee on the way home because she had to pop into uh walgreens and i thought this might be fitting for today's uh you know piece kind of about you know capitalism and consumerism kind of gone crazy because what i'm drinking jason is Uh-oh. literally the over capitalization of uh of coffee via um fast food that's right mccafe premium roast medium um, and Oof. it's not horrible, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's probably not good enough to be in your French press. Um, but <laughs> I, I do have some. Uh, it's what we have. Fuck it. Um, I do have zero sugar uh, caramel macchiato from I- International Delight. Um, and, uh, that, you know, probably you've everybody's had caramel mac- macchiato, uh, you know, whether it, at Starbucks or Dunkin Donuts or wherever the fuck. Um, but, you know, International Delight, this is new that they've got a, a, a no sugar version of it. it I think it's pretty good um so it's nice to mix it up a little bit from my traditional french vanilla or hazelnut which is if you're looking for no sugar a lot of times those are the two staples you can find for for a creamer but but this one's pretty good but the coffee's kind of i don't know weak i don't know i don't know what to say about it is that because it's medium I, i don't know um yeah but I do feel like it ties in nicely with kind of uh, what, what what we're going to talk about today. So impressed. You, you finished up this book y- yesterday. Um, looks like you read it cover to cover. You read read the intro and everything. Um, yep. And so here's the part where I go, oh, there was an intro? Because I definitely audiobooked this thing. <laughs> you motherfucker. Well, you know, I didn't when I started on it. I wasn't necessarily sure that it was going to be good or that it was going to be a, a podcast discussion. But 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 today we're checking out "Amusing Ourselves to Death" by Neil Postman. Um, and and thank you for your sacrifice, Chase. I mean, so you're going to have to talk about the introduction, I guess. Um, you but, uh, son of a bitch! This is a fucking ploy still- the whole time. <laughs> I guess there's a certain uh, prevailing kind of uh, annoyance with with mainstream media um, and with the news. And I think I thought that maybe this book might help us to kind of put our finger on that pulse. Like, where where does that come from? Because I think there's a lot of reasons for it. You know, and we've we've always kind of come down on like money and ratings. uh, And I, I don't think we're wrong. But I think Postman's goal was to try to kind of almost do an etymology of that, like an origin story of where. Uh, mainstream media started going wrong and the, the biggest uh, th- thing that I ran into with it is that again you know it's 37 years old so it's going to focus more on on mainstream media on television and I think maybe what we need to do is is talk about the piece and then maybe bring it forward to the internet age um, but po- Postman's main thing uh, is that 
when it comes to dystopian settings, a, a lot of us were super afraid of, of things like 1984 uh, from George Orwell um, because, you know, it's totalitarianism. It's it's complete loss of freedom. And, because he, uh, he wrote it during the time when fascism and totalitarianism and communism and dictatorships were kicking off pretty hard in right. Europe, maybe slightly. Right, right, right. Um, I mean – uh, de- definitely. I mean, com- coming into Cold War stuff, you know, and uh, and obviously looking at, at, at the Nazis uh, and then looking at communist Russia and, and the rise of various different you know fascist states. I mean, China. literally. So, yeah, today, China's probably probably, I think, the biggest one, um, whether in, in Huxley's Brave New World, um, it's also a dystopian. So it's also a, a futuristic world that, that people look at and go, it's perfect. But, uh, you know, in 1984, I, I don't think any reader looks at it and goes, this is perfect. I'm so, some readers look at Brave New World and say, actually, it's not so bad. Uh, but in, in Huxley's vision of the future, it's it's more of capitalism gone awry versus, you know, in, in, uh, in 1984, it's it's communism and dictatorship and, and totalitarianism to the extreme. Um, you know, it, in Brave New World, it's it's what would happen if this capitalist dream really did lead to some sort of utopia. And, you know, what, what would that mean for the people who live there? And it, it means some good things. Uh, you know, in, in Huxley's vision, there's no crime. There's no there's no war. We certainly aren't aren't seeing that, right? <laughs> but um, and everyone is constantly pleased. Well, I, um, you know, they're, they're, I will say I think it hits the the one dystopian chord of people are dehumanized. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time, big time. Um, the the media in Huxley's world is all about um, just being pleasing to the ear. Um, and um, you know, there's a special drug called Soma that everybody takes just to kind of feel good and forget about all their worries. And everyone from a very young age is brainwashed um, into kind of thinking that, that they're happy all the time. And it's kind of the perfect consumerist dream because there's always something new and wonderful to consume. And well, Huxley's Huxley's is more insidious because it's not for. Right. Well, I, I think that's the big thing that Postman really hits on is that, you know, people were afraid of 1984 because it would be us losing our freedom, you know, via maybe a foreign invader or take over the government or, or totalitarianism or war or whatever. But in Huxley's, you opt in. You, know, you, you give up your freedom uh, by, you know, taking this drug and, you know, just being a part of, of, of this world and, and consuming all the, all the things that there are to consume um, and just buying into the slogan that, like, everybody's happy now. Well, why? Why aren't you happy? You should be happy. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, d- definitely. And, well, I think and I think it, the one other thing about about uh, Brave New World is it's one of the funny things is basically it's I mean, it's it's that new. I mean, that's his version crops up a lot of times in, you know, regular culture anyways. I, I would say uh, Demolition Man is a good example. Yeah. Um, what's another one? Another time traveler movie like that. Shit, I can't think of it off the top of my head. But the one thing that I find interesting about that one for sure is that it's like a there's a group it's it's like some group of people person etc cetera, etc cetera, chooses that we're going to just make we we need to fix the problems and we're going to do it and we this is how we did it and you know it's it's that's the other insidiousness of it it's it abuses the trust of people right because i mean it's in oh, his yeah. book it's in his book you pick up deep into it and there's really no there's no resistance because all the choices for resistance is already it's already been wiped out so it's like that's the yeah. other reason why i kind of like brave new world is that it's you're like you're so far into it when the story starts that it's like well this is this is where the real fight is is you know or this all, is what you're all, doomed right all, all the all the you know all the rebellion and everything else has already happened and it's in the past and you know right nobody nobody's even thinking about it and and that's also a really scary part too is there's you know there's no history there's no one no one remembers anything right. before basically right i mean 
it's and it's not just because of the drug and from Ford. Like just yep. ignore the creepy folks on the now. Brave New World. I, I mean, I think no, it's right up there. No, right? Yeah. Home, they're even Maybe. they're even farther along where everyone's just complicit to be complicit. Like there's no, you know what I mean? It's like that's almost oh, yeah. even creepier because you know there's I don't know. Anyways, sidetrack. No, no. And you add that in, like like uh, both of those pieces are like, why would you read a book? Books are dangerous. Or in Brave New World, books are a solitary act. Why would you want to do something by yourself that would promote thought? Like, and it's Gee, not that, that, they... that doesn't sound like anything today at all, <laughs> right, ever, right. all the time. And so you can see. I mean, I think Actually, the more you that you get Instagram into these... when you're done, <laughs> right? No, right? Uh, because you have to share your entire why experience you with everyone to? online. Why wouldn't you? Um, and, and that's straight out of Brave New World. Why wouldn't you want to be happy? Why wouldn't you want to share this experience with everyone? Um, but you know, you're part of the state. You're part of the community. Um, and, and like so much of that's that that opting in because. You know, it, you feel like I, I think in in a brave new world, the the people probably feel like they have choice. You know, like well, I'm opting into this. I don't have to take this magic soma pill. I I don't have to go to the movies. I don't have to play golf every every night after work. I don't have to sleep with a different person every night. I choose that. And then you step back and go, you know, no, you don't. What what's your other option? And and if they think about it hard enough, they'd be like, well, there isn't isn't really another option. I'd be weird if I didn't do that. Everyone's doing that. Um, and and that's the same thing with like social media today to, to be someone who's like well, i'm not going to do social media um people will look at you like well that's weird uh, <laughs> or or even the opting in thing well i chose to get on social media and it's free and you're like well no you didn't choose it's part of your society and everyone's on there and if you want to be a normal person you have to be and it's not free it's it's stealing all of your data and it's changing who you are as a person um so no it's not free like um <laughs> anyway so that we're getting that way ahead of Postman. So Postman's thing is that he's looking at, I think, mainly the news, but but also ads and television um, and saying this mirrors Brave New World. You know, it's it's less, you know, if we were to go to Soviet Russia or, or China, yeah, sure, on TV, I'm sure there's tons and tons of, of state-sponsored propaganda, but our propaganda is is media that's about selling things. Uh, it's what he says is it's about show business. And what you and I, I think, have been saying for a long time now is it's about ratings and money. So what happens whenever your news stops being, here's just the facts, and instead, well, we have an audience that we're trying to reach, and we really want to increase ratings some among them so that we can sell more ads like it stops being primarily about doing the news um, and I think that's that's a big thing that frustrates us and what postman shows us is that the transition from things like you know the written word is being your primary source of news things like newspapers and don't get me wrong with fucking ads and newspapers I know right um, to things like being on TV meant that it became about what you look like what you sound like how likable you are as a news anchor and less about like how how the facts are and we flash forward to today and yeah, i think postman would be in just furious uh with with mainstream media because so many of the things that he predicted came true you know because now we have these huge 24 7 news networks that you know they nominally cover the news uh, but they're largely trying to spin the news to appeal to their particular general public the people who watch them um so much so that i don't think anyone's shocked if i say that fox news is probably for conservatives and and you know cnn's probably for 
for liberals. Like that, that's you know that. Like it's kind of built in. Like, and if you run into someone who doesn't know that, you almost want to shake them to be like, "Well, open your fucking eyes." Like obviously it is. Um, but but that means that we're all getting different versions of the news, and it's only gotten worse since then. And where, where Postman kind of draws the line is that you know that means that we're we're less informed. We're we're overly informed because we're informed twenty four seven about fucking everything that's happening. But he's like, most of the stuff's just drivel or nonsense and doesn't affect you daily, like news did back before you know the telegraph and, and the TV. Um, when news was just your local news or when you had to actually put in effort to be informed. Um, I, I think one of the neat, neatest things, and, and you might want to comment on this, was was um, how things have changed with with the public wanting to be informed about things like presidential debates or or just debates in in general. Uh, he uses an example that that you texted me about uh, probably a week ago um, of like uh, the difference between like watching Obama the d- debate on stage against uh, I guess McCain um, and it's it's like two hours and it's uh, commentary and they get like you know what five minutes to respond to each other versus like Abe Lincoln and someone he was running for senator against or something <laughs> back in the day and they debated for like eight hours and the people wanted to stay in the crowd and listen to that like they took a dinner break and came fucking back <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that was a direct communication with your p- potential representative. Today's debates are, are about media and ratings, right? Sometimes. Um, Right, right. Um, and, you know, scoring little points against your opponent. Back then, uh, you know, a, a debate of any kind was legitimately a debate, and the public actually wanted to understand the topic. Uh, so you would spend, you know, five hours on a debate instead of, you know, five minutes. <laughs> I, mm. mean, I mean, I, th- I think about like the healthcare debate, even among the DNC in the lead up to the 2020 uh, election, you know, they'd spend like 15 minutes and they'd try to get to eight candidates to, to talk about that topic. I mean, that's impossible. You can't fucking talk about healthcare. You, you just need to remember my favorite Pelosi quote. Mm-hmm. We, oh, yeah. we <laughs> don't know what's in it until we sign it. They we literally they had it. They had it on a freaking dolly that you would use to move like boxes of you know full ream you know boxes full of reams of paper. And this right. stupid thing comes in. Oh, we we don't know what's in it. We just have to sign it. Right. Yes. It, those are your yep. elective rep- elected representatives. And, yeah, we don't know what we, we don't know what the fuck is in it. We're just gonna sign that shit. Who knows how it's gonna play out? It'll be fine. We said it'll be fine. You think it? You should think it's it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. That's great. What have we ever done? We, what have we ever done the public wrong? Right? Yeah, yeah we're, we're never we're cool. We got just it. Go with your gut on this one. Why would you read the bill? I mean, well, don't um, go with your gut. Don't go with your gut. Just just go just with sign it. Just just go with whatever animal you have on the sign in your front yard. That's well, all we need. Geez. Well, and, and I think that plays into this nicely. Just like mainstream media became about you know ratings, uh, you know, two our our elected officials is is about ratings too because it's not about you know what they're passing. It's about how is this going to affect my political career so I can get elected again. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of all, you know, capitalization of, of things, right? When it becomes only about the profit and the self and not about actually doing the job that you're supposed to do. Um, no, I think it, it's it, beyond that because it, that's the yeah. one thing is that you there's no, there's no self-limiting to it at all. Like, yeah. you, let's put it this way. If politics worked like capitalism should function, uh, we wouldn't have had the last four years, last four years, right? Right, we would have kicked people out, right? right. There, there, would have, there would have been a correction, just like, just, and, and I'll right. point it out, like, just like some of the states now are looking to recall governors, you know, it's, yeah. it doesn't really matter what your opinion on that is, but that's 
I mean, that's how it should work, is that, no, 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 this is too much, we're going to fix this shit right now, the, the people are pissed, and they're going to take action. Uh, right. You know, not by putting well, on a set of horns and being a jackass. Uh, but <laughs> No, <laughs> that's, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so... So I don't know. Let's. You want to dive right into Postman and the actual book book, or you want to keep pussyfooting around here? No, I mean, wait. But what, why don't we do? Well, well, what are your thoughts so far? What, what's your general thoughts about the book? <clears throat> well, I, what we just talked about is pretty good. Uh, is a pretty good segue into where I think some of the well, where I guess that's a, a good example of this book. So we were just talking about. Um, oh God. <clears throat> Um, how politi- politicians have become sound bites, and Lincoln and uh, whoever it was had eight hour things. So <clears throat> you'd mentioned it's 37 years old, and I think that point you just made, <clears throat> pardon me, about Lincoln versus um, McCain or whatever is one of the things that I would say is sort of problematic about this book. Um, mm-hmm. That that kind of example that he uses is sort of a, a gotcha because you know, well, one back in that day. Um, you basically worked, ate, slept, or did stuff su- to support any of that, and then that right. was it. What else was there to do? This would right. be entertainment because there's nothing right. else to do. And, right. and, if not, and, if not, and if not entertainment, this would possibly be the only way you would ever know what's actually going on outside of your town. You're not uh, because wrong. There, there were no massive – there wasn't even really massive newspapers or or actually should say there's really no way to communicate – sort of outside your region. Um, this, right. that, that happened at a time where, you know, like nowadays, if I want to go to another town, it's just a, you know, 5, 10, 20 minute hop, hop in the car ride. Um, right. If I wanted to go to the next town north, which is the center, or it's more or less, actually, I know exactly, it's uh, 12 miles. So right. that by, might be by, a by horse and buggy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? Most of the most of a morning or half a day there and back right if not longer because you'd have there's to have no, some serious business right to be there's, going because there's, there's no roads um right. and everything would be somebody's property anyways which back in the day you wouldn't just nonchalantly walk across um not to mention who the hell knows what's between you and the place you want to go 12 miles wild animals uh random you know scumbags who the fuck right. would know uh, not, never know. Not, not, and not to mention like i said there's no roads so it's it's not like you're just it's not like the land was flat no it's all heavy forest and everything else and whatnot at least in the region i live in so that's that's like some of the stuff and, and i i guess that would be my one of my biggest problems with the book is that i mean it's not a book it's a giant i mean i'm just gonna call it it's a giant fucking essay yeah it's, it's yeah, not it's it not is. really a book it's a giant essay um it, it, and, it's not and long if, if you want to check well, it out like if you want to pause the podcast to check it out you probably read it a couple days like yeah, at, a, at 163 yeah 162 and a half pages uh it is not long um unfortunately you really only need part two um yeah part two is really good part part one is a pile of hot garbage um well in fact, the stage he's trying to make the argument that as technology progresses no, people no. uh he but he, he doesn't he literally does the same thing i hate dickens for which is just go on and on and on <laughs> in a fucking that's pompous way, in a very pompous way and spends forever like that's that's the frustrating thing like there is so much good there's so many good points and excellent observations and it's all yeah. ruined by the whole book and that's that's what kills me about it. It's like the the second the part two is much better than part one. It's it's much yeah. much better, mainly because he's not sitting there basically writing to write. Um, so that helps a lot. And two, he's actually driving towards a point. In the beginning, I feel I feel like he wrote a couple really good ideas, maybe yeah. as like a big essay, and then he worked backwards from that to make this whole book. And part one feels like that, where he's just like 
desperately trying to justify part two in any way he can and he's throwing <laughs> all kinds of shit at the wall and like some of it is like i mean dude i seriously i have i have notes in the margins i got like 30 nice. fucking flags in here there's you. just so much shit that is problematic and wrong like one of the things that i find is like and i think the biggest thing he misses because he, he makes it he makes an argument that writing is more true than speech you know that's as our communication technology advanced from speech to written language it finally yeah, that's a lot reached, of part one right you know, reach this reach this pentamount and like <clears throat> the, my problem with that is it's 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 so ignorant of like human development so yeah. you know you don't you don't learn to read and write first you learn to speak right because you know it's like he's like well that's not true and it's like but that's literally the first way that human beings <laughs> learn to describe recognize and be cognizant of their environment and you know it's just it's like such a pompous fucking statement to make it's like do you and it's funny because he has a kid and i'm like did you write it before you had a kid and you you, you know he's written right. other books he's actually written books in, about childhood development more or less and it's like i feel like he's willfully ignoring things to make his point and you know that's fine it's an essay uh but it's like it's just oh dude it just well, rubs it's, me it's it rubs me the piece right oh, like it rubs me the wrong fucking way on so many levels and so much stuff like one of the other ones that cracks me up is like it, it it feels like he refuses to acknowledge that the language you learn when you're a kid whatever you learn to speak that determines exactly how you think um yeah and maybe he never learned another language that that's very that's very possible but the yeah. language you learn influences how you think so like and i know that's a crazy concept because you know it's like well i was thinking before i learned language i'm like well yeah you were but you know the language is like this the part that starts forming how you you know i don't right. know but before then you often probably think in like images and feelings like, right. but, you know but but once yeah. you have the language your your thought becomes much more complex and i think i think you'd agree with that statement but you're absolutely right it's this is a and what you might say is this is a work of academia and just as you know mainstream media and television was created or, or perverted into something that was all about ratings and money fucking publishing is too so chances are good that he had a really nice essay about how we're living in brave new world which is really part two and he okay. does he does hat there, there is a hat tip to that if and the thing is you didn't have the foreword and if you had the foreword then you would have known because the foreword well, I, you know what i did have an <laughs> intro that did where he mentioned the brave new world 1984 thing and yeah. then it's gone all of part one that you, you don't see that like at all right yeah. and then <laughs> You get to part two and you're like, oh, here it is. Like, so I definitely got that vibe too. And yeah, his, his and forward, his forward, his actual forward yeah. is written like that. If, I wish I could give you his son's thing, like photocopy yeah. it or something. Just, I mean, all right, rock on. That's okay. Go ahead. So you were saying. Well, I, and I do think so much of it's just that we have so much to fucking do, don't you think? Like, mm. I, I can play on my phone. I can watch Netflix. I can I can get on the internet. I can watch mainstream TV, cable. Uh, I, I, anyway. think, I think maybe that's my other problem with this, is that so his, his a lot of his argument is based on the idea that there's no choice anymore about it. And I find that kind of weird. Well, it's a Brave New World choice, right? I mean, of all the things that I just listed, <laughs> like... Like how many of them are are exactly what we've been talking about? Like catering to a particular demographic. Like if I yeah. want to turn on CNN, they're catering to a, a liberal demographic. If I want to watch Alex Jones, they're catering to a particular um, conspiracy-driven right-wing 
audience, right? Like, like if I want to get on social media and follow Kim Kardashian, it's catered to a particular group of people. Like, and all those well, messages then are are like they're so hyper focused on one thing and one thing only that I'm not getting the big picture, right? Yeah, but I guess you're also making my point too is that your you, the language you're using is if I want to, if I choose to, if I you know, oh, right? And but, I think but people would choose to go to those debates and things too, right? I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I like, and that's why, because I, because that's what part of the book feels like he's trying to say is that there's, it's so ubiquitous and there's no choice and it's just being rammed down your throat and it's like you know the the thing like like Brave New World. I don't really believe you could turn the TVs off. There was no, and that's that's like a step beyond. No, you no, know? that's 1984 where you can't that's turn the TVs you can't off. Turn them off. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but that's um, but that's the, that, I mean that's the thing. It's like. It, in in part of his argument is that you know it's 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 like an it's an inevitable conclusion is what he's basically writing feels like he's writing is that it's just an in- inevitable conclusion to all this stuff there's no way to escape it it's it's you know it's weird because he never says anything about it being designed like that you know he dances around the idea that and it's it's weird he does I don't feel like he ever really comes out and says that it's maybe that's the weird thing he's never actually passing judgment on is it by design or is it just by stupid happenstance that all this plays out the way it does and like maybe it's I, good I think he's just he, observing right maybe, like, maybe it's good that it he, he's not making that judgment call because i think that probably would have ruined the book altogether um i think because well, he'd probably be wrong right <laughs> like, well i mean i don't i i I guess I'm not. I did. It's a that's a good debate. Anyways, outside of that, and maybe that would have derailed what he was trying to say. Anyways, I just feel like I don't know, man. There's just there's like I said, there's some really good nuggets, and it's just all brought down by just a bunch of insanity. And it's funny because his his son in that in that intro he does or forward or whatever he he kind of makes that step that we were gonna you, like you mentioned is like well what about the next generation the internet and everything else right. like it, it just it doesn't know. It does the book no. It doesn't do the book any. It doesn't help anything, and it's just like it smacks of. You totally should read this book because I probably have the rights to it and I make money on it. And it's just like, ah, oh, come on, dude. Well, you just it's, fucking... it's also in the. It's also in the book. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's well, what see, intros do, bro. Like, yeah, I know. I know. You're not going to just... open up a book and have an intro to Freud's uh, piece on um, uh, the well, psyche I, and I, the I uncanny. Wish, this is the I worst will... book ever. Don't read it. Like, well, I, well see, the, and there's the thing is like I think it was missed. It was a missed opportunity because his son really did have you know his son's in the future looking back at what his dad wrote and he could have like right. really put some things into perspective on what you're about to read but he doesn't he just you know slobbers all over his dad's dick about the book and then we go into the book and it's like come on dude and i don't know because when i initially read it i was like well okay i mean i guess and then i read the book and i'm like man that's some fucking bullshit <laughs> Well, I did not read the foreword because I don't think it was included in the audio version. Um, you didn't but... miss anything. I probably shouldn't have read it. That's that's well, a mistake. I usually so, yeah, never. I, I usually never read. I usually that. never it's... read the forewords. But I was like, peaks. I'm like, oh shit, it's his son. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and and to defend Postman a little bit, I think what he's trying to do in part one is to say that as technology ah. progresses, it changes how we receive information, which changes how we see the world. Right. And so when technology is is not good you know when when we don't have the automobile when we don't have roads when we don't have radio tv the internet you're very local right but that might
might also mean that you're you're focused on things that will immediately affect you. And we've talked about this on here before. Yeah. Um, you know that that my local news is probably more pertinent than my twenty four seven you know international news network, uh, which is talking about things that are going on half a world away. Um, <laughs> and to go even threats are important. We must well, obsess it, over them. And, and like they're not unimportant, but your local news is going to mention that too, right? <laughs> like um, Look, we don't you know, care if we don't over the head with it constantly. Right? <laughs> we we don't care if there's a rash of burglaries with murders happening. Okay, right, right. in your neighborhood. We care if the prince and princess of England right. are having marital issues. Okay, right. they're leaving the royal family, and it's a big deal. And also, here's their cute kid, and you're like, are we still part of of the empire? Are we still are we still British? Like, and and should, when the robber kicks when the robber care? when the robber kicks down the door to steal your shit and carve you up, you just invite him over to the couch and you watch the royal baby right. while he's or, killing you. Or, or let me get it even more local. Like, so if I turn on my nightly news, it's going to cover St. Louis, the closest city to me, and it's going to tell me about all the people who were murdered there yesterday, which is depressing in its own right and scary in its own right, right? But if I probably picked up my my local newspaper, if there even is such a fucking thing anymore, it'll be like, oh, hey, by the way, your taxes are about to go up because uh, we want to increase, uh, we want to rebuild the school. Like, and w- which of those is more pertinent to my immediate life? Well, that, that fucking newspaper is, right? Because that means my taxes are going to change, but hey, our school's about to get better maybe, or whatever, right? And, and they'll still mention, and there might be a war in Iran, or what, like, that will still be in my local news, but that's more work, right? To, so where I feel like Postman doesn't doesn't really go is that you know reading things or going and sitting in an eight hour lecture is more work than watching CNN, right? Mm. Which which is infotainment, right? It's giving me a feeling that I want versus sitting down and, and reading a newspaper article that takes time, that takes effort. Um, but the but lazy this brain. is I, right. It's, I'm lazy. I I want people to tell me how. I should feel. I don't need to understand the issues. I need to know how I should feel about the issues. And and that's I, I think that's where Postman's headed. And again, I'm not sure he gets there um, no. it, it, because he might not have completely understood it yet, man. Like, again, this is 1985 and he's looking at it going, we don't live in 1984. We live in Brave New World. And here's the symptoms of that. I think that's left to us as the reader to then connect those dots. And, and yeah, you know, you flash as many years forward as we are, what, what, 16 years forward. And we're, we're Further than that, what the hell am I talking about? It was like thirty years forward, 30, and, yeah. and we we could fucking see it. But we're, I think that, we're that was my... off a of postman going, look at this thing I see, and now we're going, well, fuck, I know, I know why you're seeing that. Well, <laughs> like... that, and, and that's that's I guess my my ultimate problem with it is that this is heralded as sort of a I don't know what you want to call it prophetic. There we go. Um, yeah, prophetic, thoughtful, necessary book about media culture from the back of this book. Uh, it's from uh, from the Nation. Um, yeah, and well, it's in like eighty five. It probably was. <laughs> and that's and that's the the kick in the junk. It's like. I didn't read this book and I'd already come to most of the conclusions in this book before I read the book. So at some point it makes me wonder how wrong was he really about what he thought was going to happen if you can come to these own conclusions on your own, you know, like it's heralded as this like, you know, oh my gosh, look at this. This is so crazy. You need to see it. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like maybe back in the day, but I think it's pretty obvious now, you know, and, and that's part maybe part of the problem reading it, right, is that I think what he was looking at happening was not as obvious as it is today. Right. right. That, well, we're, that, we're a lot further into it, aren't we? Well, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, yeah, in a way. And I think maybe that's the the 
problem with me reading it and, and not having a good opinion of it is that it's it's something that you know the, the book is pretty much like telling me something i haven't it's telling me something i've already observed you know so it's like cool dude it's it's not and like even even the idea of where it came from his i think his his origin is is really interesting and when you think about it as a whole i wouldn't say he's right but i wouldn't say he's wrong either you know he, he makes some really good points of where things went along the way and, and i think maybe that's the only good thing about part one is this sort of you know um timeline he stitches together you know right. and that's and I, I like that i like the thinking about that is interesting um i don't necessarily agree with a lot of it because i think he's making a lot of just you know sort of stab in the dark assumptions like i would if i was trying to think it out uh so that doesn't you know it's it's like they're good i think it's all really good guesses i think it's impossible to you know definitively say well this is the timeline for it but i do i do like where he goes and how he goes along with it even if i'm critical of yeah. you know the examples he uses and whatnot um so but i that that's what academia does though so so what you do is you say I see this thing. This Foucault is famous for this. Um, it's, it's, it was almost his thing. So Postman's probably playing off of Foucault, who would say, I see this thing. Um, and this thing is power. Okay. Well, I see how power, I think, works today. I'm going to trace an etymology of power. When did power first kind of become a thing that people thought about and focused on um, in the written word? And then I'm going to trace that forward to now and say, well, how has power changed over time? So like that's, that's something that academics just fucking do. Um, and you can be annoyed with that and it can be you know precocious and, and weird right uh, but to me that's what he's trying to do is kind of trace a line of you know when we founded this country i mean it's a very american story for starters when we founded this country it was founded largely by intellectuals they were incredibly literate they were more well literate educated. than the, rest of the world very yeah. well educated like, i think there's this myth amongst people today that like well a lot of, a lot of the people who came over were you know like farmers and backwards people and you're like well they were farmers but they were well educated farmers like because right. and, and the other thing that he misses gloriously through the first part is that when talking about America at the time that he's talking about it is that they're all fucking rich. Well, yeah. To I mean, they, you'd they, have to be they, well were, off, right? they were fucking rich. Or you'd have to be like gambling on your life savings, right? Like, correct. It wasn't exactly easy to cross the. <laughs> nobody, nobody, oh, shit, nobody. This, this isn't like Australia where another country dumped its criminals on the shores and they right. destroyed everything and made a country from it. No. No, no, no. This was well-off, homogenous people who came right. here. And, and that's the thing that – that might be why I'm – so I was just tempering my fury about this book is it – I think there's zero, agree with that. Zero, <laughs> zero, there's zero acknowledgement of that throughout everything he makes. So that's what – it's like it's, it's like he won't say it and just dances around it and makes all these other things. And it's like you're missing the biggest part of why it happened the way it did because these were all well-educated well-moneyed yeah homogenous people who came here so the, the the line he traces has nothing to do with i mean god how, how the fuck do i want to say it it's like it's so it's so frustrating it's like the the foundation that was laid was you know designed this certain way with all this you know it's like oh god fucking damn it it's like it's so hard to put into words when you it's like you gotta you gotta like you gotta have like read or you know everything he said and it's like it's like so glaring on some of the stuff that he just you know it's like it's because they had fucking money it's because they well, weren't yeah. poor and but, it's like and he's just like oh, da, da, da. and it's like because they weren't fucking poor they weren't fucking well, poor you know, dude, I, <laughs> I, I think I, a lot of a lot of my notes in the margins are like I shit you not not poor because not poor <laughs> it's like well, but dude uh, he would he would agree with that so his premise is he would completely agree with that and he might just think that's a given like that's so fucking obvious but from everything that he says like look these people when we first founded this country we were 
well-read, intelligent people, very well informed. And even then, our, our, our leaders were concerned that we wouldn't be informed enough to be able to make the right decisions. So, so they created an electoral college, right? That, that's our, our roots. That's the beginning of this nation. And he says, today, we're not any more literate. We're not better informed. We have all this mass media. We might be more uninformed than we were back then and probably stupider. Like, so I, I think you're, you're spot on. And yeah, some of that could be the poor. But this great American dream was supposed to be capitalism fixes everything. Everything's going to work. We're going to have democracy and education. Everybody's going to get the same education. And it's blatantly fucking failed. Well, like, no, I, 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 I don't I don't think that was the point of America. I mean, that's uh, that's what it mutated into. I mean, that's that's us looking backwards and throwing our shit on top of it. That, I mean, I, do you don't think it was about freedom and and then us I all think, getting yeah. to live our lives and, and be treated fairly? That seems no. like that's in the documents. Well, yes. I, what I think it was was a bunch of people with the means to just get the fuck out of their country they were in and they wanted to start over uh yeah you know we'll, we'll, we'll pretend like the whole religious freedom was the the cause of it so why not so they they left england they came over here colonized america in the name of england because that's something we conveniently forget so basically yeah. they basically they took a you know a contract more or less you know and they came over a bunch of them died the rest of them subjugated the indigenous people and yeah. they started carving the shit out of everything then they started making some money because they you know that's why I usually colonize someplace also. And yeah. then they got pissed at having to pay fees to someplace way across the ocean that couldn't really get at them. So they said, fuck it. We're, t we're you know, breaking free. And then they fought a war over it. And then they decided, okay, we're going to lay down some shit because we spent plenty of time listening to a monarchy and a king and all this other garbage. So they laid down their rules for how we don't want to have that happen again. And then they revised those rules right away. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And then everything going forward, I think, has just been up. I mean, it's that's the, that's the, I guess the funny thing is, like, if you look back at American history, we had this bright, crazy start. And then essentially everything afterwards has just been Americans fighting Americans on what the status quo is going to be, right? I mean, we had a civil war over it. We have constantly yeah. have, you know, now look at where we're at now. I mean, essentially, what, what is the last, you know, what's, what was the last election cycle? We fought over what the status quo was going to be. So I think we've actually gotten worse than, I mean, I, know. I mean, Postman would agree. <laughs> like, but I'm not sure I'm not, if, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if his example of how, or what or his, I guess, I guess the book is more really about what drives that or what, what, I don't know. I mean, what was what was the fucking point? I mean, what was really the point? I mean, what was what was the point he was trying to make? Is that television is rotting America? Television changes people. Television. Yes. Ch I guess. I guess. That's, what do you think was the final point of the book? Well, so, let me ask so you that. I think one of the most important things, and, and we probably should have let off with this, is that no. Postman is not a, a luddite. Well, because we just assume that people have read the book. So Postman's not a luddite. He's not no. someone who's like I fucking hate television and technology. Instead, what he's trying to say is technology changes our our media our news and then the way that we think um and gladwell then later will will we'll build off of this guy in his book the shallows which i think is controversial too uh, which where he adds in things like well what about the internet right um and i think that's the the biggest thing that he sees uh, what he can tell is that there are negative effects to that he says hey you want to watch a, a sitcom or something go for it like there's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it but his big thing is that the the medium does affect the message and 
and that's become a pretty universal thing today. But when he said that, Jason, it was pretty fucking shocking. Like, you know, that, that was still a pretty new thing. And, and that's always the way it is. You know, when, when, when you go back to the first time that, that a line was ever said, it was impressive. And today it's cliche, right? Um, and so back then that was pretty impressive. He was saying, no, the, the medium affects the message. Um, and, and I know that you didn't much like part one. And, and I felt like part one was a very slow build up to the part two, which was the point. Um, but one of his things in there that we glossed over is that he touches on how communication changed under the telegraph because, hey, suddenly you have you can send messages all across the states, but you have to do them in very terse language. And, and then we're going, well, yeah, that's the way that works. Today, you could do the same thing and say, well, how does Twitter change the way that we communicate? How does texting change the way that we communicate? Um, how, well, how do sound bites change the way that we communicate, right? I think, I think the other difference is that access has changed also. So like in, in the sense of the telegraph, you had to be trained. And yeah, there were only yeah, certain yeah. people. So, I mean, there was it was all sorts of sort of self-control and, and, you know, gatekeepers and things like that, which has sort of been traditionally how knowledge has worked. You start with, right. you know, even you, you like couldn't oral, read the Bible back in the day because it was all Latin. So you, you had know, to go or, to your priest like. or even or even oral traditions. You know, it's one person who knew the tribe's secrets and everything else. And it's funny that that's the one thing that I, I find about his sort of disdain for, you know, oral communications. And one of the things I feel like he made of missed pointing out is that you know writing wasn't i mean it was developed as a way to record and make knowledge permanent you know he, his his thing about you know well spoken in oral traditions and oral language you know it's it's not true and it's all blah 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 and it's like yeah but it was important enough that human beings use their limited intelligence to figure out some way to make it permanent and that was where writing came from yeah you know, he's, he's countering aristotle when he's doing that so because what, what oh, aristotle yeah, that's, that's, that's the other thing too I, I honestly thought the first part of the book was like a joke i thought like the second part he was going to be like and that was the gag anyway so here we go and roll because i was well, waiting for the i was i honestly was waiting for the punchline i'm like uh-huh okay <laughs> Well, uh-huh. it's, a, I'm, it's I'm an with academic him. book, right? It's I'm, I'm with him. Book. I'm with him the whole way. I'm like, okay, we. I, this feels like there's a gag somewhere in here. I'm like, mm, and then it didn't happen. I'm like, hmm, hmm. Oh, so that, that's just what philosophers do. So, so they'll be like, I'm going to ground my work off of Aristotle. I'm never going to say that, but I'm going to start with Aristotle or not Aristotle, Socrates and Plato's argument over speech and language. And, and so many philosophers have done that. Uh, so he's doing that. Uh, Derrida's done um, all of postmodernism has done that. So like, that's kind of the, the old school thinking, Jason is, is what you're pushing at, which is that, well, speech comes first. And so Socrates said, writing is going to be the death of us. It's a new technology, right? So, so built off of all that, like behind his whole piece is what's the history of technology of communication. And you're not wrong. So it starts with speech, right? And then we get this mm-hmm. huge, huge leap, which no one, no one thinks of this as technology, but writing is a huge technological leap, right? And the first, first big scholar, big philosopher to say something it's way, about it's it. It's a way to time is, travel. Yeah. Essentially, it's, it's a way to it's time Socrates. travel. And Socrates is like, this is horrible. Any old ass will be able to pick this up and, and learn what I know. <laughs> like, and, and they might misinterpret it, and it's not as good as speech. Exactly. It's not as good as speech because speech is immediate, and you can ask me questions with speech. And then Plato's kind of like, well, I'm going to write this shit down. Is that okay? <laughs> and, and Socrates is like, I wish you wouldn't. And then he writes him down, and we have Socrates today. Like, in, in, in all the irony, right? And so Postman's building off that because he wants to trace that lineage of, of how have we changed the way we communicate over, over the years. And I think he'd agree with you that, that writing is this, this great form, but 
the difference between well, I'm, not saying it's, I'm not saying it's great i'm just saying it's a sort of like a i don't know i mean it's the only reason we have writing is because language i don't know i mean maybe he's right when he says it could be more true but then like, I, I don't necessarily agree with that but but th- think about how i mean th- think about even just the differences between radio and television like you have gags on the radio right but it's not about what you look like you mean your pajamas like we're we're recording a podcast we can be in our fucking pajamas nobody gives a shit in my pajamas like. well me, me too <laughs> right Whale lift the veil everyone's gonna unsubscribe right um, but but there's less gags to it right you might have a comedy show or something or war of the worlds on the radio and my and daddy is sexy bit. so fuck you well obvious i'm sure it is um so but it, there's, it's less about the kind of glamour of what it looks like, right? And, and, and ours is way less about things like ad dollars, right? But once you get into big television production, well, now I got to pay a lighting person, an editor. I need a soundboard. I need seven cameras. I need people to operate those cameras. I need a director. I need actors. I need sound people. Like before you know it, it's a fucking huge thing. It's not two assholes sitting in a booth with one person on, on sound. And that's it for like your typical like radio production, right? It suddenly is this huge endeavor, which costs a lot of money, and it needs a bunch of revenue to continue to operate. It just becomes almost too big for itself. And instead of being about delivering the thing that it's supposed to deliver, in this case, information, it becomes about keeping eyeballs on the television top ratings. So, so essentially, the internet's the worst thing ever because it combines all the things that are awful. It combines the uh, monetization and whoring out of information from TV with the addictiveness of it. And then at the same time, it also allows near universal access to be part of what's being said and created and pushed out and everything else. I mean, that's that's we'll just go ahead and slam dunk the end instead of pussyfooting around where we were, where I think we were going to go is that the that's why the internet and now smartphones and everything else are the next evolution of his fears is that not only is it just like not only is it as insidious as television but it's completely 100% participatory so you are even more like you, it's it's not just. Yeah, you are just. Man. Well, I mean, I think you said it. I think you said it. You said it at the beginning was that now we are the content. Yes. The, yep. Brazil, you don't even have to. You don't even have to have. You don't even have to have content creators. You're the actual content, and now you know it's like, it's even worse because like the the you know the money it generates requires no money to be put in. Um, but before we get too crazy, I I did highlight this one section because I, I feel like basically if this had been the entire thing and it was just a paper, this would have done me good. Um, yeah, there's some really solid stuff especially yeah, so this, this, this is essentially in my note is this should have been the the book um so to well, be aware that a te- tell it <laughs> well yeah to be aware that a technology comes equipped with a program for social change to maintain that technology is neutral to make the assumption that technology is always a friend to culture is at this late hour stupidity stupidity plain and simple moreover we have seen enough by now to know that technological technological changes intermodes of communication are even more ideological laden than changes in our modes of transportation introduction i introduced the alphabet to a culture and you change its cognitive habits. Its social
social relations, its notions of community, history, and religion. Introduce the printing press with movable type, you do the same. Introduce speed of light transmission of images, and you make a cultural revolution. It's funny, because that doesn't travel speed of light. Whatever. Without a vote, without polemics, without guerrilla resistance, here is ideology, pure if not serene. Here is ideology without words, and all the more powerful for their absence. All that is required to make it stick is a population that devoutly believes in the inevitability of progress. Yeah, that's, that's pretty it. much that, that's all that's that's essentially all he had to do like that his name at the top and that very wordy and lots of commas that would i, I mean, mean that's that's really all you need to pull out of this entire book i, I feel like on, that i feel like that that's it that i mean that for me was the whole point of this 163 pages it's like fuck me that's that's where we that's where he just made it i mean that that to me is kind of summed up everything he was going for yes you know I mean, yeah, that's it that's definitely. that's the nut of it that is the nut let me throw this at you though okay so are you and I not then a product of our time and culture that we wish that he'd just get to the fucking point? Oh, you're so clever. Um, right? I mean, no. cause that, that's how I feel no. about Dickens. Like when I read Dickens, I'm right there with you. I fucking hate Dickens. But Dickens, I Dickens, read Dickens him. wrote for – I mean he – he got he paid, got by, paid the word. by the word. I know. Fuck I mean, him. Like, what an ass hat. He, um, he wasn't, he wasn't, I mean, the fact that we call it such great literature is kind of funny because, I mean, some of it was, let's, let's not, you know, some of it is, but when he was getting paid by the word, fuck me. Like, yes, it was, it was performance art. I mean, it was, you know, no, but it, that's, that's, it was capitalistic. I, I'm well, going to write no. 10,000 more words that I need because that makes me 10,000 more pennies. Like, <laughs> that's, but that's, that's the future pressing its ideas in the past because if you think about it, most of what we consider the great works of art great work of arts they're all done by patronage you can go to any modern museum and most of the great works of arts yeah. and i'm throwing up air quotes those were all right. commissioned none but of those they, none of those none of those artists the novel changed that though the novel is is the first thing probably artistically that, that moved away from patronage and towards selling right right yeah because i mean you, how I many you could say that. I sell right yeah because um, that's how much money i make versus you know beforehand well i'm going to do a sculpture where i need to find a rich person who will pay me for the the sculpture and for my time so I can spend the time making a sculpture. And yeah, yeah, some beautiful works of art were either commissioned or or patronized that way. I mean, we're kind of moving back to that <laughs> with, with fucking patriotic shit, right? Yeah. Um, in some weird fucking ways. And, and even, even and I, guess, you know? I guess maybe that's something that's interesting. So, I, so when did, say, traditional painting and, and art like that, you know, what changed in the world where that moved away from being patronized? You know what I'm saying? Like, where, when, when, when was it? When, you know, great the mercantile class, know. the mercantile class sort of, you know, smashed our idea of, you know, how the hierarchy of power in the world happened. Because right, business people can rise up. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But, then they, but they were still, but they were still great patrons of the arts also. Uh, they were, because they were imitating the people who came before them, right? Right. <laughs> so I, I'm, um, I'm going to I say know. that I, I think when sort of, you know, for lack of better terms, when the middle class was formed is when you had the destruction of the idea of, you know, art being patronage and things like that. I think somewhere yeah. along the line it became, Maybe. you know, because there's always that, that thing of like, oh, if you're an artist, you won't make any, you know, a painter, oh, you don't make any money till you're dead. And that's what happened yeah. to painters, right? Is that they, they, their great works were never recognized during their time. It's only afterwards. And, you know, now, of course, we have psychotically inflated prices because of the collector thing, you know. 
Which right. Well, be, that's where I was going to go. Was that it's less about the art now and more about it's an investment, the which value. means a bunch of really wealthy people are bidding to buy that painting that you really like. So it doesn't matter you fucking really like it. He he just wants to you know put it in storage so he could sell it after the painter dies. Like yeah. <laughs> well, and, and I, 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 man, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's damn. But like I said, I I trying to stay on track here for what I was going no, with this. But I, I, I love think the, that I love the quote that you pulled. That was some, I, that sums up the the piece perfectly i think I, I feel like that was what he wanted to get at and yeah yeah um he gets there and that that's a gorgeous thought uh, i find it highly highly humorous that you know this is like something you know it's like he's almost like you said people wanted to maybe you know people could maybe write him off as a luddite and he isn't even though this you know really does you know he's basically shitting on the inevitability of progress and it's it's a it's a fine turn of phrase because i don't think he was anti-progress i think he was anti the thought that we have to have progress for progress's sake what, which, well or what, what does progress mean like what one of the things in brave new world is oh, well, well he, he, he that, goes ahead and actually the follow the end of that quote pretty much answers that question for i think what he was trying to say because the next sentence is and in this sense all americans are marxists for we believe nothing if not that history is moving us towards some preordained paradise and that technology is the force behind right. that movement and so that's that's progress in america in our minds right but that might not be actual progress progress just like in brave new world they, they have it droned into their heads that progress is good and we're always progressing and every year is better than the next and then you get to a point in the novel where you realize they haven't had any new inventions they haven't had any technological changes or adaptations that have been anything but nominal in like the last 50 years and so you're like in- oh my god it's just the same thing over and over again and you can you can see the same thing in our culture i was gonna right? say so essentially we're living in that right now we're being told that you know basically progress is super awesome look how progressing we are but we're not actually progressing are, are, at, at a very sense. slow rate like like even look at smartphones right like wow what a brilliant technology this is amazing it's a computer that fits in your pocket it's so fucking badass well this year what's the big uh, progression or advancement in, te- in technology for smartphones well now you could shoot an ak and it has seven cameras instead of four my battery might last all day where i knew before it wouldn't and i had charge anxiety now right. I've got progress. like like this that's bullshit like there's nothing progressive about any of that it's so, just it's just the same shit like we let me ask you let me ask you this has has our inability to deliver the next shiny thing caused the social progress that we're marching on for now i mean like like i said this morning where the you know pick for health secretary is a transgender person like is this is this become the exchange in a modern America? Because we we can't get any more silver baubles and shiny new technology out. So now we're gonna, and we need to have progress no matter what. That we're just gonna have everything progress because we need to have progress. Like is it is it maybe uh, maybe is that maybe is that the most crazy thing about it? Is that since we are such a progress sort of obsessed culture, like he says, is this is this kind of like has it mutated now where we're just gonna have progress in anything we possibly can? You know, it's like we we can't get more technology out of the technology well right now i mean the real tony stark be damned or not because he's obviously <laughs> trying to still milk that shit so now yeah. we're just going to you know we our technology because you're, i mean you're right like look at tv tv hasn't changed in what 70 years right, we up the resolution like that, right, know, that's it right and, and it's, so many things are the same computers and, are just riding that fucking line that what is it, it murphy's law i mean they're great. just like, all these just, technologies are amazing right yeah but i'm we're sure not, that but we're but it's, one down the road, but it's but, not like 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 look at my father okay he was born in 38 he saw the invention of refrigerators 
Okay, so so I th- I think what what he's saying is that you know that if you get your news from a newspaper or a television, it is a different kind of news, and you're you're getting it in a different way. You're going to absorb it in a different way. Um, so again, it's the fast pace of that kind of media um, that's bad. It's not necessarily that, that the invention was bad. He says I watch TV, but I I, I don't watch it when I really want to do deep thinking. I watch it when I want to do something desultory. I just want to pass the time. And he's like, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, when that becomes the regular media version of consuming news, that's problematic. And we could take that one step further and say, well, how has the internet then changed that? Like you said, is it even more sound bites? Because we've done things on here about how the internet has changed the way television is, right? We have well, we need more sound bites and we need more scrolling bars at the bottom and, and well, we need fact, little the fact, that the, the fact that the news is covering the internet instead of right, covering the news. Right. Here's what what happened on Twitter today. You're like, who gives who gives a fuck? Like that's not news. Like um but that that's because become what the news looks like in so many ways, right? Um, and so I think what Postman is saying, it's not that technology or, or I mean, you kind of hit it on the head, I think, the first time. It's not that progress is bad, but it's progress for progress sake, and it changes who we are as a people because it changes the way that we think, and it changes the way we understand the world, right? Um, and yeah, I don't I don't know that he had it fully formed. He, he got to the point that you mentioned that quote that you had, and that's a great quote, um, but I don't think he got to that next level. But we're getting there because we're building off of what he said, right? Um, and so th- I think this is I-, I wanted us to read Postman largely because I think he helps to explain some of the issues that we just kind of we just have, whether we can put it into words of how the mainstream media kind of pisses us off. But I could say the same thing about you know internet media. Well, the, you know? the mainstream media pisses me off because they're editorializing and not reporting. Right. <laughs> but then, but then I could say the same thing about like the, the internet media, right? Oh, uh, sure. They- That's the other reason. I mean, I, we've I've, we've noted time and time again where stories have literally changed right in waiting to read them again <laughs> and which so, is hilarious because it essentially violates <laughs> postman's you know whole sort of thing about written the written word you know you're i think that wrong. was, that was one of the things where he doesn't really come out and say it but you know one of the reasons why the written word is sort of superior in his mind to speech is that you can't change it which is right i don't know if he was i don't think he's naive because you know you can always just fucking edit it and change it to whatever well, you want course. i mean written history it was a pain in the ass to do that right you have to get on typewriter you'd white shit out like you have to reprint a bunch of things today you just get on a word processor delete a few words put in some new words and hit upload like so so it's so much easier that yeah you can really rewrite it on the fly which is more maybe 1984 (laughs) so let me let me do let me do the circle around here so uh, postman's big issue with technology in general and in all its forms is that it removes deliberation from thought and that's the corruption that leers it's because once you once you've removed the you know the need the want the ability to have to deliberate about something then essentially whatever you're thinking about you're not really thinking about and anything from it is sort of just noise no matter what the what the response to it is or what the thought of it is if it's there's nothing there's nothing worthwhile in in spending time not you know if it's something you don't have to deliberate about or you don't think to deliberate or you or you can't or you haven't have that ability to be taken away you know, the whole too um, easy, echo it? chamber stuff that we have now yeah. with the internet right yeah. I and mean, it's like i don't i don't want to read this news story so i'm just i 
side because right. it's this contrary, is contrary to my views. To my, yeah, my ideological <clears throat> ideas of how the world works, so I'm going to yeah. ignore this. Or, or better yet, it's curated for me by Google or Apple or whoever the fuck because they only want to give me things that they think I'm interested in. And so I get I only get the stuff that reinforces my worldview, which, Jason, that exo facto must mean that my worldview is correct because, look, all the shit I see on Twitter agrees with me because I only follow people on Twitter who agree with me. Okay, so knowing, right, like, know, so knowing you just said that, yeah, I'm going to have to ask. Okay. Was the ban of our soon-to-be ex-president the smart thing to do? I think it's too late. <laughs> mm. Okay. I mean, I, I was, don't was, think it was the wrong thing to do. Was, was, but... Am, was Amazon deplatforming Parler the right thing to do? Um, it, uh, I think that depends. Um, mm. Do I think that Amazon has the right to do that? Yes. Oh, I didn't. I didn't say they, they had the um, right or not. It's their shit. They can do whatever they want. I mean, you, you need to define your premise on the right thing to do. Do you want to make okay. money? Well, you, then, well, you just. But, but no, what you just, that was the but, wrong thing to do. Like, but, what, <laughs> but, what you, but what you had just said was, you know, the you know we were bemoaning the ability to just block out. You know, it's like, oh, I'm just. I only want to listen to the things I want, and if they're only showing me the things that I want, then I must be right. The idea, the idea that, the idea that anything contrary to what you believe is bad, no matter what it is, and you don't want to have it, so it's it, it's got to be wrong because it's not my view. You know, that's so that's, that's the danger. That's that's the dangerous slope we're on right now. I'm not no. saying. Um, I, I think that's where we're at. While you're talking about is the echo chamber, right? Which which right. changes things that you believe into facts, right? Well, I believe well, this I thing. Guess. Well, everyone else believes it too. Well, that makes it a fact, right? No, that's not how shit works, right? You can have as many goddamn opinions as you want. That doesn't make them facts. Facts are real. Facts exist, right? So okay. if I'm going to de-platform a white supremacy group that is pushing for extreme violence against specific people, that's not me like violating their free speech or doing something uh, that's not me participating in the echo chamber i'm not getting rid of them because i don't like them i'm getting rid of them because they're fucked up because they are damaging our democracy and our country and spreading lies and misinformation there's a difference there and yes it's a fine line because who fucking decides who fucking decides You're, there's totally an argument to be made there however that there's a difference between me saying well i prefer this content over here than saying uh, you know you should get rid of misinformation this is misinformation it's Okay, so if they could purge, if they could purge the people championing violence as a way to solve things, if you I mean, get rid I, of I mean, those, are, if you could get rid of those, are you people. still talking about Satan worshippers and pedophilia in the government? Then sure. no, fuck that. That's fucking nonsense. Like. Right. So th to me, it's it's not just the violence. The vi That's just an easy example. Right. Um, because most people will be like, yeah, I don't condone violence. Right? Uh, right. But no, if it's misinformation and it's misleading people and it's leading people down a, a rabbit hole, then no, it, sh it should go away. And we say the same thing about the mainstream stuff here. So we're not just picking on QAnon here. QAnon is easy to pick on. Um, but we could say the same thing about the mainstream. If it's all about ratings, then it's not about the news. It should be about the news. So you should fuck off and go away. Like... And I think we can say the same thing there. So should should CNN be around? No. If they can't get back to just doing the news, then they probably shouldn't be around. And Fox News either. And again, I'm not picking on any particular ideology, all that shit, right? Because it stopped being about what it's supposed to be about. And I, to, to me, this is that's one of his biggest premises. It's like, well, when you change the, the technology, it's too often that it stops being about what it's trying to be about. The purpose of this thing was to educate us about the news. Well, now it's about ratings. Well, then it's not 
not doing its its core job very well anymore, is it? Right. And it's only going to get worse because it's going to become less and less about the news and more and more about the ratings like over time. And fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> like that's exactly what fucking happened. Right. To me, that's what his whole etymology of the technology is. It's like, like that it changes the way that we think it changes the way we consume things. It's not that that's inherently bad, but it's that does it lead us astray of what we're actually trying to accomplish? And his his thing is, well, what we should be trying to accomplish is deep thought. And wow, we've lost that. <laughs> like, so um, ain't that, nobody got time for deep thought. Well, that's my fear. And again, I think you're right that Postman doesn't hit all of it because some of that is, well, how does capitalism work? Why well, I, I need to make a certain amount of money, and and now women are in the workforce, and so well, we're going to have double the amount of money, but we have to work twice as hard. And and wow, now we suddenly need all of that because you know uh, suddenly the our, our flat line of, of what happiness is has changed, right? So I need more, like. So th- there's all sorts of other issues beyond what Postman's pointing out, but I think Postman does a good job of of looking at how technology has affected like news and media, and he gets into education too, which I thought was really good, um, and, and we we didn't really get to that yet, um, but I thought that was fucking really solid uh, because I mean I can't tell you how how accurate that is in a lot of ways, and I don't agree with everything he has to say about it, uh, but that that just like you know our news has changed because it's on TV and and today even more because it's on the internet, our education has changed. Uh, because it's on TV um, and now even more because it's on the internet Um, in in some ways good, but in some ways questionable. Mm. So teeing off on your teacher thing and not trying to drag this out any longer. That's something I did have uh, a note on. Also, Uh, there's a line. uh, I says, but no one has ever said or implied that significant learning is effectively durably and truthfully achieved when education is entertainment. Right. That is obviously dated. And sort of my reason why I think that's a super dated idea is because I've seen just from my kids and talking to people younger than me that gamification of education is happening, happening. Right. You know, that, that's that's what it is. Yep. It's, it's a good oh, portion yeah. of that. Um, I actually had a dude I worked with who was arguing. He's like talking about how, you know, his education, you know, what he went through school is like, is why isn't it more interesting or more, you know, fun and more feedback oriented like a game? And I'm just like, because yeah. um, then it's not education then it's a game you, right. you know what i mean like the the type of learning that happens in those environments is it's um it's like memorizing multiplication tables you know and how many how many you know the what is it what is it, what is this something that shit you schools you do multiplication minute or something math minute how many yeah. operations can you complete in a minute how many and you know it was a game and then how many you got was you know did you get a gold star did you get a piece of candy or some you know yeah, reward yeah. or acknowledgement and you know it's like the idea that that's going to that's the thing that should replace education is just mind-boggling because you don't learn anything other than the process and don't get me wrong like i I see my my youngest and how he's learning math and it's like it's funny because i'm just sitting here i'm like dude you just need a page full of problems to work through right and then work through the problems and figure that shit out (laughs) the way the way you're thinking on doing you know math operations is just beyond it's it's inefficient and you know it's all these different concepts and i i get like that's a that was a big push it's like how do you teach math to kids that don't understand math it's like no one understands math (laughs) there's there's no i mean it's it's at that level it's just wrote i mean that's why people were called fucking computers people were called computers people that did math were called computers because they computed they did computations they just did the operation there was no it's it's i i it blows me away that i'm having that i'm having to say this and i you know it's like 
thinking about my kids' education. It's like sometimes you just got to do the work. You do the heavy yeah. lifting. The yes. education, the education part is why. It's not right. we need to we need to figure out a way for Tommy and Timmy to understand, you know, what does you know? It's like ten plus ten, and what does that mean to them, and how do they feel about it? It's like no, no. You teach them ten plus ten. You teach them the concept of how that operation works and you don't worry about everything else and you teach them how to do it efficiently because math in the future is built off of that and it just it, some of it just feels like and you might need it like it could be useful to you yeah. in life later and, and like, i feel like feel like it's just that that kind of education has sort of like slowed down and it's become about trying to you know it's like i don't know how how do i look at fun make it well, entertainment as as a third grader do you really need to understand the concept of two plus two other than how to do it you know what i'm saying like yeah you just you know how to I, do it. I, I almost yeah. i almost feel like they're trying to create value in education by like teaching the concepts of you know the theory the the, the you know that's like what is that what does two plus two really mean and how do you feel about how that means it's like yeah no this this is you just you just got to do two plus two <laughs> well, and then well two and plus that's three. It, right they're trying to find other ways to motivate students and to get students like interested in learning and i think what you and post some of that, are trying some to of get that, at some of that stuff isn't interesting it's well, just it work. should be it should be work right <laughs> just work. I mean, so and then what we need to think about is so let's let's um, let's flash forward and say we have an entire populace, like the next generation of, of, of kids coming out of high school, and they've all only learned via gamification and, and education that's also entertaining. And don't get me wrong, I, I think there are elements of entertainment that you can incorporate into the classroom. It doesn't need to be boring. I totally, I totally can see that. Like I'm gonna counter postman a little bit, but it doesn't, it doesn't all need to be that. There just has to be fucking work too, okay? <laughs> like, um, but let's flash forward and imagine that we have now a whole population that that's how they learned. How are they going to to feel about work they've never done oh, any in their I, I lives know, i know right? how they're going to feel about it what they're going to feel about it is that it needs to be turned into the same thing so exactly exactly instead of, instead of they've your, never done any work they've never in, done anything they didn't get tricked into wanting to do like instead of your instead of your yearly review you're going to get quarterly updates that don't really say anything and don't really matter because the money part of your job is still based on the yearly review and budgetary concerns so instead of connecting your <laughs> amount of yeah. money that you can possibly get to exactly your job and its fiscal performance and how it impacts the fiscal performance of the place you work for, we're going to talk about high concept things that aren't connected to the bottom line. Right, right. So and we do that because people believe that that creates value in, in you know, that people are disappointed in their reviews and they, they don't, the review just isn't satisfactory for me. And then the response is, well, we'll, we'll make it more. We'll give you more reviews and, and we'll make it more talkative and more, you know, conversational and, and, you know, we'll give you updates more often and all this. And people have like right. been tricked into believing that that's worthwhile when it has nothing to do with anything. It's just, right. Um, it's just, uh, ta it's talking for talking's sake. I'll, I'll do you one better, right? We have a clock in app at my work. It's on my phone. You can also access it on the computer, right? It has fucking achievements on it. There you go, so bro. When you clock in on time so many times in a row, you get a little fucking gold star. When you've been using the app for so long, you get another fucking gold star. And you can tell each other about it and share it on the app. Can you share it Is on your it, social media? I feel oh, they're I'm missing. Sure, I'm sure I, you I, fucking can. I feel I'm they're sure missing a golden can. opportunity there. I'm, I'm sure you fucking can. And that's all motivation to try to get you to clock in on time. How about this? I want to keep my fucking job and get fucking paid. How about you get written up? 
<laughs> right? Like that's the yeah. I get fired if I'm late too many times. Like, but the no stick punch, wasn't no enough pay. for this. Yeah, or yeah, if I'm not fucking clocked in, you don't pay me. That's the goddamn motivation for clocking in, you bitches. But we need that apparently. Jason. Well, you know, you know, you know why? Because what? somebody somewhere along the line went to the labor board and filed a complaint. So companies are protecting their asses. Right. Not that I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> well, but, but how ridiculous, right? You don't fucking need an achievement for having clocked in on time. What the fuck? Like, just clock in and, and don't be late. Like, but but that's it, right? And, and again, I'm not saying some gamification can be great. Um, there are plenty of positive ways to do gamification for things like exercise or, or motivation of various things that you don't want to do. Don't get me wrong. But there's also great value in putting in effort to do deep thinking and learn things. The, the value of education is that you're learning shit, right? <laughs> like, so it shouldn't have to be that it's just entertaining. Um, you know, I don't know. And I, I think that's what he's, he's trying to get at there too. And again, that this is, you know, predominantly changed the way that we think about education. And that might not be in a positive way. Um, it might be in a, actually, there might be a lot of negative connotations of this change. Um, you know, it, he, he looked at Sesame Street, which is so fun because everybody fucking loves Sesame Street. And I thought that was just really, really smart um, to, to say, well, yeah, this might work, but how is this changing the way that, that students are motivated to learn? Suddenly, if it's not fun and it's not sing-songy, you, you don't want to do it? Like, you're, you're not interested in it? What, what happened to, to, to learning things because it's going to make you a good citizen or, or smart or more intelligent or whatever? Isn't that reward enough? Um, and, and yeah, it's great. It's a great point. So, and, and maybe it is. It well, comes that, back to laziness. I think you're probably right about that. I think you are. I think that's a, that's a bit of an adult perspective projecting backwards as a kid to, you know, to a kid yeah, maybe. like when you're a kid that kind of high concept isn't even part of it you know i i would agree with is it fun or not is it entertaining or not is it being captivating i think that might be it but at the same time and what maybe we're skipping is that you know the sort of tyranny of being a parent you know it's why is sesame street more inner you know say why is sesame <laughs> street you know making it hard for your kid to learn at school it's because you gave them Sesame Street, right? Because it was easy to turn on Sesame Street, <laughs> right? And he, and he, kind I think of, he, he touches on that. He does. He, he does touch on that, and he, I, and it's like, he, but he's like, but that's really not what it does. But he's like, he kind of hand waves it away as, you know, the the responsibility of the parent in that is just he he kind of hand waves that away, and I don't know if that's like because it's it's too easy and ruins that point that he's making. But essentially, you know, if kids are being ruined by gamification and television, it's because the parents are at fault for not controlling that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And sure. you know, that's but, that's an that's an I, awesome I, I, responsibility that I is you know it's you know it is. I guess the question is when was that responsibility shot in the ass? If that's if the you know if that's not going to be a valid argument to what he's saying, then I guess the better question is is when did that stop being you know when did we stop educating people that their responsibility was to you know make sure their kids learn how to be educated. I, I think he does a whole part on that, maybe early on, where he's like, well, back in the day, you would learn a lot of things from your parents, and mm. then you'd maybe go to school, if even, right? And today, well, you might learn you a lot of things from Sesame Street, and then you go to school. Yeah. And well, what's school look like? Well, school mimics Sesame Street, because Sesame Street is so brilliant and is working. Like, and, and again, I don't completely agree with this premise. I think you can bring forms of entertainment into the classroom. I think you can. And I think you can gamify some things, right? But you also need to, I mean, the, the reward needs to also be that it's about education, right? That it's about learning. My math um, minute I, example. Right, right. But but I'm not sure that we're there. Are we still there? And again, we're, we're years and past where he was. And I'm wondering, 
you know, has it gone even farther than that? Has it, I mean, I, I get lots of examples from, from my students where, you know, the, this is boring or I don't want to do this or, or it's, it's too hard or whatever. And you're like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> like It's supposed to be. Or, or, well, we didn't do homework in, in high school. And you're like, what? Like, how will you ever do a job? Like, well, you know, homework is just a lot of work and stuff. And you're like, yeah, it is. Like, but there, there's value in it because you're learning, practicing a task, and then you're doing something that potentially you don't fucking want to do, which is going to be the rest of your goddamn life. Like, so like, there's so much value in there. I don't understand possibly considering getting rid of it permanently. Now, there's nothing wrong with saying we need maybe less or more. I don't know. But, but to eliminate it completely. Are you crazy? And yet there are schools that have done that. Um, and I wonder if that's not linked to things like this. Um, I mean, mm. I, I can remember being in a co composition class with a professor who I love and, and respect dearly. And one of the things that she said was, um, well, you know, we do all of our reading in the classroom during the class period. So they're, they're there for an hour and 20 minutes tw twice a week. And we do all of our reading in class. Like I bring an article and we read it together, um, like out loud. And then we talk about it. And, um, and I'm like, okay, like that's cool, but aren't you wasting some of the, the class period by doing the reading there? Isn't the reading homework? And she says, well, they're not going to read it anyway. So the only way to get them to read it is to, to make them read it in the classroom. And I go, right, right. And I'm like, I mean, for a certain student, you're not wrong, right? Like for, for a certain student, she's completely correct. If you want to try to get every person in that classroom to do the reading, you're right. But fuck that student that isn't willing to, to do the reading. Fuck them. <laughs> if you're not putting in the effort in this classroom, you can fuck right off. And no, you're not going to get as good of a grade as the people who did. And Right? And you're not going to get as much out of this class as the people who fucking did. Because learning and education is hard fucking work. And if you're not willing to put into that work, then you don't deserve it. But I, I think there's a divide there because I sounded like a crotchety old man. This person's older than me and, and a brilliant fucking professor. She said, brilliant fucking professor. But I think we're missing what we're trying to do here. Are, are we trying to reach the, the lowest common denominator? Yes. Then you're Sorry. fucking doing it wrong, wrong. Fuck those people. No, no child left behind. Fuck them. Leave them behind. But and that's can. what Postman's getting at. Yes, we can. Now, maybe at the grade school level and the high school level, it's much more problematic. It's much more problematic. But in college, Jason, fuck them. We can and we will. Like I, I've had too many students who are like, "Oh, can you give me the answer to this quiz?" No, no, I cannot. It's a so, fucking quiz. Like, so here's 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 your here's your dark dark future or your dark angle to all this. Why do we have no child left behind? Because baby Bush couldn't pass any classes. Okay. No. Yeah. No. Yes. So why else would we have no child? I'm not arguing. I'm just saying. So why else would we not have? Why would I'm we just have making that? a joke. Clearly. Um, um, I mean, he went to Harvard. I, I know. Or, so, well, it's lots Yale? of brilliant people. That I, I read an article the other day about a gal who went to Harvard who is now one of the main uh, proponents of QAnon. So obviously Harvard, Harvard's just knocking it out of the park. If you're that wealthy education enough, is worth no the money. How, right, exactly. If you're wealthy enough, no matter how stupid you are, you can go to Harvard and get a fucking degree, apparently. Thank you, Harvard, for fucking up education for all the rest of us. Um, anyway. Okay, I mean, that, so, so no, no, child, no, right child left, no child left behind. <laughs> the, the concept is that Education is worthwhile. Everybody needs to have education. An educated populace is better than an uneducated populace, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. None, of that's, none of that is incorrect. Okay. That's all correct. However, so, how do you achieve that? How do you get there? Well, 
we can't do it by having better education, so we're just going to pass everybody. But I mean, that's that's idea, what happened, right? That's what yeah, fucking yeah. happened, right? The, the, the don't get me wrong. That... I'm complicit in that too. Don't get me wrong. I'm complicit in that too. I know that. I know okay. I am, right? But so let's but let's let's take it a step back. Why in modern society do we have such a push for education in the form we have it? Okay, we know that. We have our current education setup, hierarchy, plan is because we need to get kids somewhere so people can go to work. <laughs> yeah, it's babysitting, okay, that, unfortunately. That's, and we, that's and we, it's been proven during COVID times over time yeah, and time again, because we, we've, we've sent even Biden just said it the other day. We're going to give you a comprehensive plan to open all the schools in America. Why, Biden? Are we in the middle of a horrible pandemic? Is that really the safest thing to do? Is that smart? Yes, it um, is. No, it's economical. That's yes. what it is. So uh, we we've talked about this before. Kindergarten I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> was, was German. Yeah, kindergarten's new, right? <laughs> yep. Kindergarten was designed to get people into the workforce faster after they've had a kid because the Germans needed to rebuild. Um, right. Saw how well that went. I guess we're not there yet, so that's pretty good. We're doing it better than they did. Uh, but that's what that's what a lot of that's what a lot of you know like primary school is is to take the kids put them somewhere give them right. an education that you would normally have done if you didn't have to work right and then right. keep them out of your hair um so there will be no child it's, it's boarding there will be school no, for the masses there will, right there will be no there will be no child's is left behind because people need to work so right you're gonna stay you, in school till you're 16 right and you what do you and what do you do after that? Well, we make sure everyone goes to college because now we'll change the rules. So everybody needs to have a college education. So everybody has to go to college because there's not enough jobs and there's not enough places for everybody. And people aren't leaving the workforce like they used to. So we're going to use and, and school even now. that's economical, right, Jason? Because yes. you make more money if you go to college, right? Yes. All, yes. all of it's based around economy and money. Yes. You're, you're, bas you're basically the, the bet is that we will try and keep people in school as long as we can because they won't flood a job market that can't support them in the idea that in the future we will make more jobs for them to have as they come out of college and you know if they come out with a lot of debt and the colleges make more money that's not a bad thing either because you know they deserve to get they deserve to get their sure. kickback, kickback for a, being part of this. a lot of the colleges are struggling in their in their defense. i don't i don't um, doubt it but um but you're Anyways, not wrong there's so, also a lot of bloat especially at the big universities yeah. there's a lot of bloat too so the, so the better question so the better question is is why 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 this gamble and i believe the answer is and always will be you have to have something for people to do you have to put them somewhere and give them something and everything else because after a long enough timeline what happens when you have people that are bored adults <laughs> and they don't have anything you know what they do revolution they shit to the ground fucking revolution bro. they break and steal shit or they do whatever they're gonna do and this is this is the 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 whole ironic thing of modern education modern education right. is designed to keep population controlled and in check so we don't devolve into a countryside of thieves robbers and everything else you right. know it's it's social control education is now more i, I think more or less it's now becoming a, a big part of social control oh, um, you know I, say I what you want say people can always say what they want about welfare and all this other stuff you know part of that is also social control that was I, to keep people that was to keep people from becoming so desperate that they you know just started 
doing organized crime. Right. You know, this, right. this is this is the thing. You know, it's 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 a or big. Again, you rebel, right? When you don't have enough, if when you can't put food on the table for your kids, that's when revolution. You're going to take it. Right? You will and take so, it. how do you prevent revolution? Well, we'll always put food on your on your table, no matter yep. what, and you always have a, a place to live. Like, and obviously, I'm oversimplifying things. There's many many homeless people in America, and it's horrible, right? Like, obviously, it's more complicated than that. That system even doesn't fucking work. But Jason's not wrong. That's another system of control, right? And that yep. that's Brave New World, right? Because in Brave New World, education is completely about brainwashing and control, right? Um, and everything on TV is about control, and that little pill is about control. But the difference is, is that the people are too stupid or ignorant to see that control versus you and I and Postman are pointing that out. We're going, oh no, it's there. You just yeah. got to look. You, you just got to yeah. look at it askew. You got to see it. And that's why we're not in Brave New World yet. But it also, <laughs> I think, is why Postman's right, that that's, that's the world that capitalism is headed towards. The world that, that totalitarianism and communism is headed towards is 1984. So what we have is these two dystopian visions, and both are coming true simultaneously. It just depends on what culture you're living in. And both of them are dangerous, right? Um, I mean, I have students who are less concerned about whether or not we're at war right now than, you know, what, what so-and-so said on Twitter yesterday. You know, the that, system that, is working. That, right, right. Because why would I give a shit about war? That's right, like... Uh, Side. Anyway, um, I, I think you, you, we've made some really great points there. And, and you're not wrong to pick apart some, some of Postman stuff. Some of it's very academic and wordy. and uh, But I, I think he has a reason for some of it. And some of it's dated. And and yeah, I, I hope that what we've done here is kind of bring it into the modern age and said, and look how the internet's done this even more. Um, if anything, you know, where TV started to polarize us and, and give us very specific messages, um, it was still, you know, two or three. Now it's uh, it's incredibly niche. So Hundreds. you can have, you know, uh, 5,000 people people marching on the Capitol because we're QAnon believers. And then probably the majority of America is like, what's that? Like, yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what, I, what I will say is, while it is ironic that I would like, would have liked this book to be much more brief, considering all things considered with what this book was about, I feel that that's probably been the reason why it isn't as widely read as it could be and might should yeah. be. Oh, sure. Because it, it, it needs a hardcore editing. You know, it's... it's. Well, I, I think it, it, it brought it, into it the feels, 21st century, right? Like, we need know. I don't know if that adds anything. I think the core concepts are really good, but... Yeah. And, and it's funny because I, I in his kids... I got derailed by my frustration with his kid. In his kids' <laughs> forward, part of the book actually was chopped into an essay. Oh, cool. And that, I think, is why I got so pissed because I'm like, well, you just admitted that this is a bunch of fucking blue. Was it part two? Was it part of part two? Uh, it was part of part one and part of part two. Yeah. I can't remember the breakdown of it. But I, there's and, a part, and part two where like he nails the Brave New World part and I'm like, ah, right. this is it. <laughs> like, yeah. and, and, and that's 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 the ultimate ultimately frustrating point is that there is some really good stuff in here and it is just surrounded by fluff and it's not unnecessary right. fluff. But if some you want, if, if, his, if, if he, I feel like if he really had these fears that he's talking about and truly wanted this to be a warning it would not be the way it was written it would be a slim you know yeah. 30 pages ironically something he talks about is you know one of the ways that you know before media became media was that you know leaflets and pamphlets were a big thing you know to communicate amongst you know early americans and yeah. that's some of, that was some of the ways you know pamphlets were a big thing you know and i'll i'll skip the whole you know yellow papers angle to that which is sort of ironic but you know that that <laughs> This sensationalism this, in this, this, what? Yes, never happened. Never happened. <laughs> never happened at all, ever. 
not certainly in the golden uh, not certainly in the golden age of print anyways um <laughs> i feel like uh, if you could take this and someone could edit it into say 20 solid pages yeah I think that would have a bigger impact because the the irony is, I mean, that's where yeah, that's where you're you get a lot of traction. Is it's it's a it's heavy enough to give you the concepts, but it's light enough where you don't have to dedicate multiple days. And this is the thing in the way the world is now, it needs to be not necessarily brief, but it needs to be concise because yeah. it really it really sort of falls into the trap of everything he talks about, where it's just you know he talks he talked a big section about context. You know, mm-hmm. without context, you know, without this is and that's why I thought some of it was I thought it was kind of a I thought it was going to be a joke because he literally is doing the same things he's talking about being problematic, you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's, and it's like, uh, it's kind of a well, mind he's, he's ignoring them because he's part of it. Right. He's being a hypocrite. I, and that's I, what, what am I? And that's, and that's, that's, and that's why I thought like and that's why I like that's why I was like waiting for the fucking joke. I'm like, oh, he's he's literally making a joke about what he's talking about by doing it himself. And I'm like, oh, right. wait, but he never he, comes around to that. Well, he didn't, I, I think he didn't, it's, it's hard to see. Damn it! I, I mean, not everyone is self-reflective. Is is like we are when we critique ourselves for being mirror. But that's literally right? that was literally his fucking point was being self-reflective. But, 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 uh, but, he's, try, but he's trying not to attack Prince, right? Because he's like Prince, the answer, Prince, the answer, and I'm like Prince might not be the answer. But right? he's not. But he's not wrong. Oh god. I mean, uh, but he's not right either because, like, no, like I, 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 I right. bitch to my students all the time about like textbooks. Textbooks are such a scam, right? They're super expensive. You know, you're never going to get through the whole thing. It's it's such it's a publishing gimmick, and this is too. Why is it as long as it is? Well, because some publisher somewhere said, "Well, Neil, we can make this into a book, and you can make X amount of dollars, but you got to write two more chapters." <laughs> and so he had to go back and write two more chapters, right? Like guaranteed, guaranteed. Or or some someone in academia was like, "Neil, this would be a great." Dis- dissertation but you got to write five five thousand more words like and, and what do you do what do you do well he went and wrote ten thousand more you know like because that's what academia does it tells you we want it to be clear and concise and but we're lying because what we really want is this many pages like yeah <laughs> yeah it's fucked it's so fucked but I, I literally had someone ask me about publishing my master's thesis and I said I'd love to I'd love to do it I think I think it's it's good stuff um and and you know I think it's totally ready to be published and you know what, what they told me? All right, well, you're going to have to double. It needs to be twice as long because, you know, that's it's not long enough to be a book now. But if you, you can could double it, it, it would be a book. I'm like, I'm not fucking doubling. I'm not fucking doing that. It's stupid. I've said all the things about that topic I want to fucking say. I'm not writing anymore about it. I'm fucking done with it. But that's exactly what, what you're pointing out here is that print does this too. It just did it in a, a less insidious way. It's more of an annoying way, right? <laughs> because instead of being concise like we could be about so many of these things, it goes right back to Dickens, right? Instead we made things longer so we could print more so that we could charge you more for it right <laughs> i can't uh, say that's not wrong i can't say fun. that's not wrong yeah that is certainly ironic man it certainly is but i i hope that what we point out with from postman is that you know this is i think a lot of us are frustrated with the mainstream media and but we also need to be frustrated and skeptical of, of the online media or the secondary media whatever the fuck we want to want to call that and and for the same reasons um hmm. right now it's new and it's novel and it seems like it's better but you know I, I was just bitching to you the other day about some ad reads on on one of the podcasts that we listened to 
because it's like it's so long. Why is it so fucking long? Well, five minutes. You, you got to make the fucking money, right? And how, well, how do you do it? Well, you do fucking ad reads. Like it's the same thing, right? And then you pander and pander. Well, this product's so great. No, I use it myself, and and like it, it's hard to find a, a mainstream podcast that doesn't do that because you mm. got to pay the bills, right? And and it becomes cliche and it becomes silly. And again, I, I said, promise me we'll never do this. Well, there's fucking ads on our shit. Like, <laughs> they're not as long and we don't fucking do them, but they're there. Cause you, uh, well, actually, it is a 30 second ad and I did read it. So, <laughs> oh, Jason. oh no, behind the scenes, Dan doesn't know what even how the podcast works. <laughs> At least it's only 30 seconds, buddy. Uh, but, um, uh, as, as always, man, pleasure, buddy. Truly, truly. Thank you again for the book. Even oh, though I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Any time. Just want to be here for it. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy, man. Bye. <laughs> 